Welcome to Ask the Ascot. My name is Michael Beck. This is episode 22, Feelings About Hills and Streams. Each week, I answer your questions in ways that are, according to friend of the show, Adrian, usually delightful, but always around 10 minutes. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at AskTheAscot, and email AskTheAscot at gmail.com. Send me your questions. If you're hearing this on Monday or Tuesday, you also still have time to send me a question related to the subject of games. I'll be recording and sharing a special topics bonus episode about games and gaming later this week. And if you're currently waiting on a treat from a previous episode, and statistically you probably are because I'm so far behind in shipping these things, you'll be happy to know that I've signed an elaborate treaty with the U.S. Postal Service. They've agreed to suspend all regular domestic mail delivery to handle the sheer volume of treats I'm mailing out this week. Brian Johnson asks, Which of my cats, London, Hemingway, or Ripley, is your favorite? Brian, my favorite of your cats is London, for my own reasons. H.C. asks, When it comes to taste in poetry... If you could only choose one or the other, would you rather be Team Wordsworth, as in William, or Team Coleridge, as in Samuel? So, H.C., you are asking whether I prefer the poetry of Samuel Taylor Coleridge or William Wordsworth. Both were English poets who flourished around the year 1800. And before I lose my three remaining listeners, let me say that I have an absolutely bonkers little story to share about these two guys. Now, H.C., perhaps you were hoping I would share this story. We shall see. The world is filled with mystery and wonder, after all. Imagine Christmas, 1806. The Napoleonic Wars were raging across Europe. Coleridge and Wordsworth were in their mid-thirties. They had a close, intense, kind of weird friendship. So Wordsworth naturally invited Coleridge to spend the holidays with him and his family. Coleridge, by this point, had already written his great work, Rime of the Ancient Mariner, which tells a gnarly tale of a sailor on a mystical journey. Water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink, and with my crossbow I shot the albatross, and so forth. I first read it my freshman year in high school, and can still quote from heart a lovely bit at the end of the poem. He prayeth best who loveth best all things both great and small, for the dear God who loveth us he made and loveth all. The man who wrote these lovely words was, obviously, an opium addict. In retrospect, Coleridge was pretty clearly self-medicating with opium for a variety of physical and mental health reasons. Sadly, I am not yet licensed as a physician, so I can't issue a specific diagnosis for Mr. Coleridge. Suffice it to say, he had some issues. Anyway, Christmas... 1806. 
Coleridge was staying with Wordsworth, Wordsworth's wife Mary, and Mary's sister Sarah. Each night, William Wordsworth would read aloud passages from The Prelude, a long autobiographical poem that he'd been working on for a couple of years. H.C., until you'd asked me this question, I don't think I'd ever read a line of Wordsworth's poetry. I fully admit that poetry is not my favorite art form. But I did make a good-faith effort this morning at reading the prelude, and it's not for me. I suppose this makes me Team Coleridge by default. There are only so many ways of describing hills and streams or the feelings that you get from looking at hills and streams that I can bear before I pass out. So, Wordsworth was reading aloud from this thing each night, presumably until everyone passed out. One night, after everyone had consumed enough poetry, Coleridge stumbled into a room to find Wordsworth and his wife's sister, Sarah, uh, let's say they were enthusiastically describing their feelings about hills and streams to each other. So, Wordsworth and his own sister-in-law had been found out by Coleridge. Gentle listener, if you are wondering whether Coleridge had been deeply but secretly in love with Sarah for years, of course he had been. Coleridge fled the house immediately in the middle of the night, found a nearby tavern, and spent days frantically writing. He then destroyed all of the pages he wrote in that time during the tavern, although you and I can form a pretty good guess as to what he was writing about. Now, the prelude, Wordsworth's poem that he'd been reading aloud every night, he dedicated it to Coleridge. There are many lessons that we can extract from this story. One of them is that no matter when they live, it always seems to be the 1970s for these artistic types. Another is how sad and strange the relationship between those two sisters must have been. Another is that poems about nature inevitably lead to moral failure. H.C., to help you cope with the chronic challenges, rewards, and disappointments of reading the English language in verse, I'll descend into my archives and send you the first volume of poetry that I find, as a treat. Good luck. Tim asks, how do I Twitter? Ah, oh, boy. Tim, I think that by now we can all agree that the internet is terrible and that social media is among the very worst things of all. Access to an endless supply of pictures of kittens and corgis is probably not worth the price that we pay in a cacophony of society-shredding misinformation. And let's not forget the very worst part of social media, being subject to the bizarre grammar and odd usage of distant relatives or barely-remembered acquaintances. Tim, why do they capitalize random nouns that should not be capitalized? Why do these people use so many ellipses? Uh, in ellipsis is that dot dot dot. And why did none of them seem to learn critical media literacy when they attended school? The best way to Twitter is not to Twitter at all. 
Except, of course, for me and my social media presence, which is life-affirming, unerring, and wise. You can follow me on Twitter at AskTheAscot. I'm also on Facebook, and you can email me. Remember email, AskTheAscot at gmail.com. Send me your questions. Thanks to everyone who listens and asks questions. I wish I could fit all of these questions into the show. I really do, because they all display cleverness and good humor. Keep sending them in. Thanks to Mark for your kind word on Facebook. And thanks to Adrian, Zach, Julie, and Chelsea for sharing the show. Remember to follow, rate, and review the podcast and share it with a friend. Brighten up your friends' lives. Or at least the friends who won't aggressively menace you if you direct them to a podcast that makes mildly amusing observations about 19th century English poetry. I'd like to send a special hello to Lou and Phaedra, who I'm delighted to hear are fans of the show. Hello. My theme music is by my brother David. He's on Instagram, at NYC. Thanks for asking. Farewell. <laughs>